by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. In John chapter 1, in the fourth verse, it says, The Word gave life to everything that was created. God spoke and it came into to being. In another place, we know that it says that that word became flesh and dwelt among us, that Jesus is the word of God. The word gave life to everything that was created and brought light, life, and life brought light to everyone. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Easy for me to say. And his life, the life that is in Jesus Christ, brought light to everyone. You know, we were dead in our sins and trespasses. We were living in darkness before Jesus came and lit up our heart, illuminated our souls, and gave us his spirit, which is light. It says in verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. We have eternal light. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. You see, that's what we are to be doing like John the Baptist. We are to be testifying to the light. John himself was not the light. See, we don't have our own light. We simply reflect the glory of God. But that's, <laughs> that's more than enough glory. Woo! John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. And so are you. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And before he came, guess what? There was a star lighting the way. It was leading people. There was a star in the sky, a light in the sky, if you will, leading people to the Christ, proclaiming that something has happened. Then the shepherds were out there in the dark that night, and a great light shone around about them, and all the heavenly host were singing hallelujah, just like we just sang. And there was a great celebration. We talked about celebration, the importance of celebration in our lives last week. We should be celebrating today. That the light has come into the world. And that light was there to lead the shepherds to where the baby Jesus was. It was there to lead the wise men later on. And that's how they found the Messiah. And wise men still follow the light today. Let's go ahead and read the Christmas story. If, if you hadn't made it a tradition in your household, you probably ought to. Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 1 through 20. Where's all the children today? Okay. Some young at heart in here. <clears throat> all right. Verse 1. 
At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Why? Because the government always wants taxes. <laughs> Why do you think they're doing that, huh? This was the first census when Quinarius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, his fiancée. Is that Mississippi? His fiancée, his fiancée. He took his fancy with him. It was Mary who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her, to baby, for her baby to be born. She gave birth to a child, a son, and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That just always gets me that he came to the earth he created and we could find no room for him in the end. It didn't stop him, though, did it? A lot of people out there still find no room for him in the end. But he keeps on loving. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. You know, it says in the Bible that that he is light and in him is no darkness at all. He didn't, his shadow is light. And they were terrified. <laughs> we talked about that last week, those shepherds. They're probably thinking, he's come to get us because that's really what we deserve. But he had come for a different reason. The angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. It's called the gospel. And it will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in the city of David. You see, he didn't grow up and become a Lord. He was Lord when he got here. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God, saying glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. That would be a good takeaway for us is we need to be telling everybody this Christmas about the baby in the manger, who, that the baby in the manger is the Lord. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. He's God in the flesh. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished because it's an astonishing story. God came to the earth he created. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and she thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God. That's the lifestyle I want to live. For all that they had heard and seen, 
because it was just as the angel had told them. It was just as the angel had told them. Jesus grew up. He found himself in the scriptures. He recognized who he was. He went about doing good, healing all that were sick and delivering all that were oppressed. And he loved everybody. He forgave people. He hung out with the people that the religious folks didn't want to hang out with. He showed God's true heart. When you see me, he said, you see the Father. You want to know what God's like, you study the Gospels because it's good news. God loves mankind. And the Father so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. And when Jesus was older, he told his disciples, while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. You see, there was a great darkness over all of mankind because all of mankind was stained with sin. There was no light. But God always had a plan to get the light back into the darkness. And he said, while I'm here, I am the light of the world. And we recognized what light looks like contrasted with our darkness. We recognized what life looks like contrasted with our death. We recognized what love looks like when we want to go around picking each other apart. Hating on people because of their, their differences. We recognized light in the darkness. He showed us what a life full of life looked like. And even death on the cross couldn't extinguish it. They put him in a tomb and rolled a big stone in front of it to extinguish the light. But that stone had to be moved and the light had to come out. Praise God. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Am, I, am I preaching real good yet or what? When I was... A, Young, I grew up in a little town called Shaw, Mississippi, on the 61 Highway down in the Mississippi Delta. And every year, my uncle at my, well, we lived in a little cotton patch here, me and my mom and my little brother. And my papa and Mimi lived in a house next door, but it was about 100 yards of cotton between us, but there was cotton all around us. And they lived in a little patch of cotton over here on the 61 highway. And every year, my papa would get his son, Joy, but he was just a little bit older than me. He would run this star up the, the TV antenna on the back of the house, one of those little triangular antennas. And it was this metal star that my dad had welded together and had blue, had blue lights, those big old-timey Christmas lights on it. Now, my uncle, he was, Uncle Joy, he was maybe five foot tall, 120 pounds. So he'd scamper up there, he'd put that thing on his shoulder and get some stenching cord and some duct tape, and he'd run to the top. It's about 40 foot up there above the house. I mean, it's a long way. You're doing like this number, watching him go up there. But he made it look so easy. And every year as a kid, I remember, you know, the whole family would come out and watch him do it, and we'd celebrate. And I'd be like, Papa, Papa, let me do it. Let me do it. He said, Papa was Italian. He, he said, no, you're breaking your neck there, boy. 
and he wouldn't let me do it. Until that one year, a couple years later, Joy went off to Mississippi State to go to college. And there was nobody to hang the star, and I was like, Papa, let me do it, let me do it. He, he thought about it, and the big old eyebrows went like that. And he said, all right, there, boy, you be careful there, boy. So everybody came outside, and they was, you get to do it, you get to do it. And I put that star on my shoulder. I just, I was ready to scamper up there, and I got up there. I started climbing. I got as high as the house, and I kept on going. I got about, about 10 feet higher than the house, and I stopped for a minute, and I looked down. And then I recognized something that I had never recognized before from that, that height. I, I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I started shaking, and I grabbed the pole like, you know, this and I was holding on for dear life. And, and I wanted to keep going. And, they, and Papa said, keep it going there, boy. And I was like, I can't, Papa, I'm scared. And they said, you're scared? Come on down there, there boy. It'll be all right. So I started trying to come down. And I was holding on. And, and I came down with my tail between my legs. And I, and I laid the star down. And my little brother says, I do it, I do it. So my little brother Heath grabbed the star, he grabbed the duct tape and the extension cord, and he scampered up there just like little Joey. He put it at the top, wrapped it around the pole with the duct tape, plugged it in and come on down, and he was a hero, and everybody celebrated. And I was like, uh. <laughs> and then from then on, for many years, every year, my little brother Heath would run that star to the top of that pole. While I, meanwhile, found something more convenient for me to do elsewhere. <laughs> I didn't want to be there while he was the hero. And so he did that for a few years, and then he finally grew pretty big. He was the same size as me. We were both, by that time, six foot four, well over 200 pounds, and, and it just didn't make much sense for us to be climbing that big, that little bitty uh, pole that went up there, that little triangular thing. It was only held together with like three ground wires, you know. It was the only thing keeping it. And so he said, I'm not doing that no more. And I said, well, good. <laughs> <clears throat> so many years went by, and Shaw did not have its star on the pole. you got to understand, you could see this thing from miles around. I don't know, maybe it was just me, the way, you know, everything's big to you when you're young. But it seemed like a big deal to me that Shaw needed this star. I mean, you could see it all the way from town, and we were like five miles from town. But the star got relegated to somewhere in the barn, put up in mothballs or whatever, and nobody did the star. Well, in the course of time, I got married and had me a little girl, and somewhere along the line, I got saved. I found out about Jesus, and you know my story. I got saved, saved. I got so excited about Jesus, my life began to change. When his light came into my darkness, there was a drastic change. And so me and Angie, we came down to Shaw to visit sometimes at my Papa's Mimi's place. And one time we was down there, and we was rummaging around through the barn and, and saw that old star, and it brought back memories and they were sad memories about how I, I had chickened out. But here I was, a man full of faith and power. Now, I'm not scared anymore. I had been dealing with my fears. God had been changing me on the inside. 
So I got the duct tape, and I grabbed that star, and Angie said, where are you going? I said, I'm thinking to put the Christmas star up. And I got the extension cord, and I ain't kidding. I got started climbing that thing, and I was making so much racket, all 230 pounds of me trying to get past the, the top of the house, and I started climbing. Papa heard the racket, and he come in and said, what are you doing there, boy? You're breaking your neck. And I said, I'm, I'm putting the star up, Papa. He says, be careful there, boy. And I started climbing the thing. And now, I'm not going to say that the fear wasn't there. I'm not going to say that my knees wasn't fellowshipping on the way up. <laughs> but I got about 25, 30 feet up there and noticed that the wind was blowing. The pole started doing this number here. But I, I am, I'm doing this for Jesus. <laughs> so I kept on climbing. And I kept on just one rung at a time. And as higher I got, the more that thing is like starting to get like a wet noodle on the top. And was doing this number. Wind was howling and stuff. And, but I went all the way to the top. And I got there and I wrapped one arm around her. And I put that, that star on there like this number here. <laughs> Using my teeth. And I was just wrapping that thing. But I wouldn't let go. I mean, I, I, my knuckles was white all the way across there holding on to that thing. But I got it up there and I plugged it in. And I scampered back down. And I was just waiting for my applause. It was just my papa and Angie was down there. And papa says, I'll never forget what he said. He said, but it ain't Christmas there, boy. <laughs> I said, I don't care, papa. <laughs> I had overcome my fear. Now, let me just do a disclaimer here. That doesn't mean you got, especially some of these boys on this front couple rows, I know to go out and try to do something crazy like that. The Bible says, don't tempt the Lord your God. And unless God explicitly tells you to do something, don't do it. Don't do dangerous stuff. I will say that. But I will say this. It felt good to let Jesus' star shine. And that's what our life is supposed to do. We must overcome our fears in this life. We must let Jesus' light shine. We must become stars for Jesus. Ephesians 5, 8 says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. You see, once I got saved, something changed on the inside of me. Something had to light, let the light shine. And we've been given the gift of letting, of reflecting His light. It says, So live as people of the light. You got that up there? Where's the scripture? <laughs> you got to put the scripture up there, boy. <laughs> Ephesians 5.8. <laughs> For once you were full of darkness. Somebody testify. <laughs> but now. But now. You have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. You say, but the world's going crazy. It's so dark out there. Don't complain about the world. Light it up. Don't say, well, everybody else is doing it. Don't blend in with the darkness. Light it up. That's your responsibility. Be a star. 
that points to Jesus. I'm going to close with this scripture. Then we're going to take communion together. Matthew 5, 14. Said, Jesus is talking. Now he's already said, I am the light of the world. But he meant while he was here. He knew where he was going. And now he says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. And I thought to myself, I can't be a city by myself. I'm not a city by myself. But here together, in our local churches, we put our lights together. We put our hearts together. We get our motives right. And we work together and we let our lights shine and we become cities on the hill. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Are you being a light to everyone in your house? At your job? Where you go? In the same way, he says, let your good deeds shine out. One translation says, let your light so shine before men. The glorious light of Jesus in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's what makes you shine. You just have to tap in to Jesus. Be aware of Christ in you. And let your light so shine before men, it says. In this translation, it says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone, everyone, will praise your heavenly Father. You want to know the answer for America? Not more politicians, different political parties. It's the Christians coming together with their local bodies of Christ and letting their lights show so shine before men that everyone, that everyone begins to praise the heavenly Father. Father, I thank you for the illumination that you've given us of our responsibility, not just at Christmas time. Yes, we celebrate your birth and we celebrate you as a child, Jesus. But we celebrate what you did as a man, too. We celebrate what you did before you got here and after you've left, that you've gone to prepare a place for those who love you that you ever live to make intercession for us, that you want to be with us, that where you are, we may be also. We celebrate every day of our lives the love that we have found in you that's so tremendous that, if, that has rocked our world, and taken us out of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. We thank you for your light, Jesus. And Lord, if we're just going through the motions just living life in the darkness, just being darkness dwellers like everyone else, we don't even understand what it is that we were created to live for. Oh, your, your word says that the eyes of our understanding might be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of our calling. And I pray that each person here today, especially these young people here today, open the eyes of their heart 
and see that their calling is in Christ to be the light of this world, not to blend in with darkness, not to live in deception, but to come out from among them and be ye separate and be the light of this world. If you're here today and you've been walking in darkness and you want to come into the light, you know that there's more for your life. Simply repent and say, Jesus, help me shine for you again. I'm sorry for the darkness that I've been in. If you're here today and you say, I've never had the light. I never understood this. Then Jesus wants two things from you. He wants your mouth and he wants your heart. He wants you to confess with your mouth that he is Lord. He wants you to humble yourself and say, I need you, Jesus. And he wants you to believe in your heart that he came and that he was crucified and that he was resurrected, that you could live a resurrected life. If that's you today, you have need simply to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Send your light into my darkness, your spirit into my heart. Be the Lord of my life, and I will follow you. If you've never made that confession, you can make it right now, but you need to say it out loud because he needs to hear it. Say it with me. Say, God, I repent of sin. Send your spirit into my heart. Forgive my sins. Be the Lord of my life. You are my light. And I will shine for you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Thank you.